Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. I think college's worth is still the same. I just think that people are recognizing that they themselves aren't adequate enough for it, or they just know their own self-worth and they know that there's better places for them. When you go to college, I feel like it should be done purposeful. I think it should be done with an intent to further yourself in a specific area. I would rather have us scaring students from college, right? And telling them, this is the fail rate of economics one. This is the fail rate of economics two, right? Are you ready for this? I would rather have them do that than being put into abject poverty because of the loans they take out. Do you want a great website like this? This is my podcast website where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs, and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage, and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now. Are you enjoying today's podcast episode? I really hope you do. And I really hope you enjoy the fact that I have an amazing guest talking with me and having this great discussion. If you, as an individual, personally have your own podcast, and maybe you want to have great guests on your podcast as well, well, I got a deal for you. In my description, there is a link to something called Podmatch. Make sure to join that link through my affiliate link so you can sign up to get matched up with other podcast hosts and podcast guests so you make sure you are never missing an episode without a productive guest to have an amazing conversation with. Podmatch is similar to any other kind of matching site for the most part, and it's super easy you. Just $6 a month, and you can have a guest for each and every podcast episode that is tailored to your specific topic. So again, join the link in my description and join Podmatch now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Riddell Lewis, and we're back at it again with episode number 29 of the Purple Political Breakdown. And today's conversation is going to be extremely interesting as we plan to talk about the uh, student debt relief program, college tuition, college education, and our thoughts about it. And potentially, maybe some solutions on how to make the system a lot more efficient for the students out there, for the people. So we're going to discuss that, of course, and talk about some what you need to know, current event segments. Uh, today, I have my co-host, Paul, here with me. Uh, Jonathan will not be here today. He had something to do. Well, me and Paul are here to hold it down. So how's, how are you doing, my man? I'm all right. How about yourself, man? Doing well, doing well. Having the day off tomorrow helps, so we're just going to be chilling after today's show for the most part. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Uh, you big firework guy? Oh, dude, trust me. I'm a power technique. <laughs> Are you big ones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I got like a trash can full. Okay. Um, uh, Where you're from, are you allowed to just go crazy? <laughs> Wow, you think that's ever stopped me on this shit, dude? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I respect it. I respect it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do regarding the fireworks, uh, depending on what 
if my friend hits me up or we'll see what my roommate's doing or I'm just going to be chilling. Either way, I'm going to take the day off for sure. We'll, we'll be chilling. So uh, happy 4th of July with that said, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this podcast episode is going to be out by then, of course. And before we get into the topic at hand, I'm going to read off a review. If you want to be shouted out for a future review, leave it in Apple Podcasts or just go to the website and leave a review. This one's from Jod Ryder. They said, I can't think of the last time I heard a discussion with all sides concerned. And while I'm listening to my first episode, I think a full exploration of the subjective topics will guarantee a great listener experience. I couldn't agree more. So if you are listening, you're enjoying the experience, of course, give it a rating. Visit the website. And uh, I should tell you guys this. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to the website, donate, leave a voice message. A lot of great things to do over there, of course. So let's start off with some what you need to know segments. What is going on currently in American society? We have things such as ESPN, a little sports, laying off 20 on-air positions. Um, A lot of household names. We got Max Kellerman, Jalen Rose. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, so a lot of a lot of interesting names over there. Uh, we got the Supreme Court making a couple of decisions. Uh, one such decision was in favor of a website. Uh, I think it was it was a website designer, I believe, something regarding a website. And they are religious, they are Christian, and they got the right to deny services for same-sex couples because. It goes against their way of life. So Supreme Court uh, pushed or ruled in favor of that individual. So that kind of goes into the aspect of freedom of speech. I'm curious to see what Paul thinks about that, of course. And another decision that we're going to talk about is relating to the student debt relief program that we'll discuss in a minute. And of course, the situation that happened in France. There is a whole kind of shooting, rioting circumstance in France. There's a 17-year-old named Nahil. I have no idea how to pronounce the last name. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Circumstance with a cop, shooting, and a lot of riots. 45,000 cops got launched to stop the riots. Military personnel as well. So a lot of stuff going on, of course. So uh, what, what do you think of, uh, about what's going on? Paul, what do you think about the current events? I I actually didn't know about the ESPN thing. Uh, it's so sad to see Max go, but um, aside from that, uh, I know we're going to delve into the topic some more. But on the matter of uh, you know legislation in Colorado or the um, mandate from the Supreme Court in Colorado, uh, you know I find it disappointing. Right? Uh, you know. <laughs> To me, like I, I understand religious obligation just as much as the next guy, right? But I kind of worry for a lot of these kids that might be in a town where uh, they're um, surrounded by such piety and it restricts their ability to actually live a life. I feel like this could be potentially another step in that direction. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I, I also am with you when it comes down to it's it's a touchy line, especially once you expand that type of sentiment where I can choose people based on obviously religion is kind of the staple of, you know, they are not with 
the same sex stuff they're not with the trans stuff so there is at least some type of foundation that you can reliably connect it to um regardless you know if more services use the same type of sentiment how far are we gonna go are more let's say more organizations like uh chick-fil-a right yeah. chick-fil-a is famous for being really christian no chick-fil-a on sundays what if they go like yeah we don't want to serve chick-fil-a to gay people it'll, it'll get it'll get a little touchy there it'll get a little touchy there so i think this one i guess the big difference for this one is they're designing a message so they're out like ver- like basically physically making a message that they don't believe in which is a type of speech yeah so i think that you could argue that's a little bit different but we'll see kind of how far it goes of course well like obviously the big concern is like if it transcends the actual synthesis of what's being created and is targeted upon the individual right like that that's like the fear liberals like myself have and where what if it goes beyond just that fear of like you know promoting uh, like homosexual ideas or whatever, right? And actually just starts to simply be a discrimination against homosexuals entirely. That's like what we kind of fear. And we feel as if that this could set a precedent for it. Um, and that's like our main concern for the most part. Yeah. And another interesting factor with this too, because this is probably more so go always going to stay something that is more um, local, more small, more private in terms of the organizations or private businesses that are going to upheld this type of themes because obviously we talked about it before with uh esg and the cei scores like they'll never allow this like if you're a big company and esg got stakes into you you're you're gonna you're never gonna do something like this so you have this one obviously big entity that basically influences every major corporation you can think of that says none of y'all are going to do anything like that and then you have this ruling that says okay if you're if you're a private business that's really embedded in your christian or muslim or whatever values and if you really if you really just don't want to create this message a, a type of speech on behalf of them then sure so that that contradiction is going to be interesting especially if let's say Okay, my question, I'm curious to what your thoughts about this. In the future, do you think people will put the the financial opportunity more so in front of their their belief? Like for example, you you maybe have an individual who's trying to grow his social media organization or let's make this a little bit more specific to this situation maybe he's a website designer and Mm -hmm. he wants to be one of the best website designers ever and in order to grow his business he's gonna have to get investors and one possible investor are of the people from esg so yeah would do you think in the future in these situations do you think they'll just sacrifice their beliefs just to get that bag you know, I, I think it's wholesalely dependent upon uh, kind of like the economic status of the country, right? So like, for example, people might feel more compelled to go against ideological convictions that they hold if it warrants them actually, you know, their business surviving, right? So something I kind of like talked about in the past podcast that we've done, the past episodes rather, is that there's this like general notion that kind of like the American middle class is dying. 
And a lot of these business owners are part of that. So I think that it, you know, to forecast for you, I think it's highly probable that this is something that will happen because we already see it happen today, right? We see a lot of businesses that once didn't serve certain groups of people, right? Serve them now, right? A lot of it's long forgotten, not just because the government told them to, but because the economy did kind of work out in that way. So yeah, it's something that's there. Mm, Yeah, I I definitely feel that too. Uh, So ultimately, I I do understand the fear, but when you take that into account, the legitimacy of this being an an issue at any point, um, I mean, especially when you look at the people who may want to get this service from this one individual, I guarantee that they'll be able to get it from another individual just as easy. So uh, we'll see if it ever expands past what is uh, currently going on. And if it does, I am more than interested to revisit that type of conversation. Um, with that said, another part that we talked about a little bit before the show started was the France situation um, where a 17 year old was shot down and there's really not a lot of evidence in terms of what he did from my understanding that kind of contributed for him to get stopped in the first place for him to be held at gunpoint in the first place. We don't know exactly that circumstance, but from what we do know, how do you feel about the situation? Are the people overreacting? What is your opinion, Paul? Well, so like as to um, the general police investigation, I trust the French Republic to actually sufficiently make a judgment on it, which I'll probably like consider to be the uh, the correct view, right? Um, I believe that they are going to have the most information at their disposal, so that's I'll follow through that. That being said, uh, something I'll divert upon from some of my liberal colleagues is that uh, the military just simply needs to be sent in and the protest needs to be crushed. We have moved past a peaceful stage now. And, uh, you know, the just uh, the wide scale property damage is enough to warrant this action, uh, considering also the fact that there's been um, numerous injuries. Uh, there needs to their order needs to be brought back. I think it's fine if people want to have a conversation, if want to get out there and talk about the issue at hand, especially through the legislature. And I understand one could say that, you know, a riot is a voice of the people, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that a riot should continue going on. These are things that we should uh, immediately snuff out for the preservation of our state and society, because just letting everything burn down to, uh, you know, looters or just like activists that get caught up in the middle of it, right? It doesn't matter. Damage is damage. Violence is violence. It needs to be shut down immediately. So that's my general feelings on it. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think at any time um, you go beyond the protest, go beyond the message, go beyond the advocacy and start involving, you know, violence, as you said, especially to people or individuals that have nothing to do with the circumstance or situation at hand i think we we, like i said we were talking about before and i think you said what'd you say like 30 schools got burned down 20 schools it's kind of unconfirmed right now but yeah like there was a lot of like state property uh damage which means like taxpayer dollars are quite literally being burned yeah and at that point you're just making things worse than they need to be right 
especially since the investigation the the cause of the scenario hasn't even been laid out as of yet it'll be maybe no i'm not saying like the violence part but maybe in terms of being upset i would understand if it was a circumstance where the person based off the evidence was completely in the right but we don't even know you're just going completely reactionary from a more than likely a clip more than likely some news coverage which is the unfortunate situation here and again we're gonna have to see what happens at the end of the day uh, i was gonna say something um but i think i lost it but i think we're both agree for the most part that violence especially you know situations like these never really the right answer and in this situation when we don't know anything and personally from the video he did step on the gas so i'm taking the position that it didn't seem like it was okay to do that in that situation and it definitely made it worse but we'll see what happens moving forward so we're gonna dive into the topic at hand of course um we're gonna be talking about the student debt relief program in addition to college tuition in general and how it's utilized in america and whether or not that's you know efficient especially for the times currently so there's a lot of conversations to be held there of course i guess the first question to be asked is do we agree with the supreme court ruling um so uh, i think constitutionally yes i do uh, i wish john was here uh, he could probably uh, enlighten us on this a little bit more um but uh to uh, suppose that the constitution enables uh such a thing to happen uh seems a little bit fallacious to me politically of course though i'm wholeheartedly against it uh this is like something that i want to be sustained i think the Biden administration should take every step forward to continually delay things and uh, just cause as much trouble as it needs to to protect these americans that are uh, put in this debt uh, the fact of the matter is is that so many people in this country have been so relieved from the finances being lift, uh, lifted off their shoulder uh, shoulders and it's really giving them an opportunity to actually venture out into their lives and develop their careers. So that's my like genuine position on it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely here. Um, I think I'm very close with you um, legally, constitutionally. Uh, from what that was said and from my understanding, a lot of the basis behind doing this revolved around something called that was the HEROES Act. And the HEROES Act basically gave the rights to the Secretary of Education to waive or modify the uh, system based off like extreme circumstance, i.e. COVID. And the general argument has been said that it was beyond modification what the uh, Secretary was doing, what Biden was doing. And because of that, it wasn't that they were modifying the 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 system as is it was more like they're rewriting it entirely and that itself is a uh abuse of power so in, in that argument i can't really say that's wrong um so it's really tough for me to say legally it's wrong to see how they go forward from that um especially trying to move away from covid but look at education in general and look at the system and see if that's a system that's even good for the people and we'll discuss that i think that is probably a definitely more of a uh should be more of a focal point i think using covid as the the conversation starter 
could potentially be a good thing. And then going from there. Um, but to kind of go into the details a little bit more in terms of what the program provided, if you're living under a rock and you didn't know. So the idea was that it was going to forgive up to $20,000 of student debt for students, especially the ones that, um, you know, got the Pell Grant, of course, got uh, financial aid and you could apply for it as well. And I believe around 16 million people got approved and this will cost over 400 billion dollars in general. So that is a lot of money to some. And apparently the six conservative leaning states is what they said that kind of spearheaded this to go to the Supreme Court were Arkansas. Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina. Uh, so these are the states you can blame. Go ahead. You can blame them. Um, <laughs> with that said, uh, Missouri's. I'm not surprised about Missouri. I think the uh, senator in Missouri is Howley, right? Yeah. No, Haley. Haley's from Carolina. I swear he was Missouri when I I was watching the. Oh, um, Howley, you said. Howley, Sorry. yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Missouri for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching the uh, little little tangent, a little off topic, but I was watching the, uh, the LGBT Senate hearing, and I, I'll try I'll try to watch. I watched the first hour, and not gonna lie, these these hearings are pretty interesting. Um, but for some reason, they had a sixteen year old come to the hearing to kind of oh, plead no. her case. And I'm like, bro, what is a 16-year-old doing over here? She's going to get cooked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have a doctor. We have a leader of an advocacy political group. We have the leader of the human rights campaign. And then we have the 16-year-old. <laughs> like, I feel like something something's not adding up right here. So, yeah, um, uh, I plan to finish it later on. But. So those are some of the details regarding it, of course. So we're going to see how, how it kind of goes from there. But I guess, you know, moving away from kind of COVID and the Heroes Act, in terms of college tuition and what it does for people in terms of putting them in this massive debt, uh, what are your general thoughts about that? So, like, uh, I think, like, a lot of the problems that we have currently with rising payment costs for university kind of dates itself back to um, colleges kind of uh, overdeveloping their campuses to fit more students in. Uh, I'm not going to mention what university I went to, but I was at a developing university. And one of the big things that I experienced while I was there is the fact that my tuition would continually rise even so much so that there are several instances in which the school uh, actually upended certain programs uh, related to either tuition or scholarships. So this is like something that is kind of frequent in this country. And I think that the the kind of problem is, is that we're not actually regulating schools enough. Uh, These are things that serve the state for the most part. Like we're talking about public universities here. Uh, If you go to a private university and you get in debt, then, you know, I don't care about you, right? Like you should have known what you're getting into. Rip, that's me right here. I'm so sorry, dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to pay the toll over there. Hey, yeah. I, I was, I was just going with the flow. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And uh, I'm like, damn, I'm nah, in debt now. Oh, no, nah, dude, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but for state, for state schools that are underneath uh, government financing, um, there needs to be legislation upon it that actually kind of holds back some of its uh, development until it meets certain criteria by the state. I think that that's something that should uh, 
make like headway with it. So for example, if you're going to a, a university that's funded by the state that has like a lower GPA or something like that, uh, to expand your school and to expand tuition, you should probably have to meet a certain uh, generalized like um, GPA, four-year uh, degree certificate. So like people are graduating in four years, uh, you have to meet a certain amount of people like entering your master's program. And then I'd be in favor of that. But also I think if there was just more state financing into the educational apparatus to actually pull out um, the student having to pay so much, I think that would be another great option. Uh, socializing education is another conversation to be had. I'm still not really sure where I stand on it, but um, I think I'll kind of end it there. Um, just to clarify for the people, what do you mean by socializing education? So socializing education is usually something that we refer to when we're talking about um, having complete state ownership over the schools and making it uh, generally free to the public without a heavy burden or cost, right? Or just a significant reduce payment. So like our European friends, for example, benefit from this the most. Uh, they went through, I think, somewhere around in the 50s uh, for all these nations, roughly. And uh, they managed to negotiate these things through. And what it allows for is it allows for a very professional population to emerge, right? The problem is, is that to pay for it uh, requires an extremely large amount of taxation and can actually incur this professional population to move abroad for more wages. Yeah, um, I think in the day when it comes to basically any social program that anybody discusses, best believe raising taxes is going to be the forefront of how oh, yeah. these things are going to get funded at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, when it comes to college tuition, college education, my, my thing for it is that I definitely feel like there's a certain level of inefficiencies. Obviously, we're talking about the public school system more so than anything. And, you know. I do think personally that there should be like a complete overhaul in how the education system is done. I think at this point, it's basically proven that our education system in America is one of the most inefficient. I feel like we reach pretty good highs, but like everything in between is just like the below average or at the very least below our competitors that we want to compare us uh, to in terms of the other countries around the world. So in general, I think the I think you should understand for people, I'm not a fan of the public education system, and I won't be a fan um, for a while. I think the education system is extremely inefficient. So with that said, when it comes to college, the my not advice, but my in my opinion, when you go to college, I feel like it should be done purposeful. I think it should be done with an intent to further yourself in a specific area. The the argument that I've heard in regards to going to college should be something that allows you to open up your perspective. It should it should feed into what you want to do for the rest of your life by going in $20,000 in debt, $30,000 in debt, $40,000 in debt. Their basic argument from what I've heard is that you're going in debt to network and to experience things you haven't experienced before. When in all reality, you can experience those things yourself. And either the school system or culturally based off the values that you're getting based on the community you're in should really enforce that in general to 
experience life a little bit more. Maybe you want to travel to other states, travel to other countries, or put in place programs that incentivize um, getting more experience with different, more lower end levels, such as maybe, I don't think you need an undergrad or degree to kind of learn more about, you know, something IT related, something marketing related, even something entrepreneurship related. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you need to go forefront all head, uh, you know, into that. But at the very least, you won't really figure out who you are until you kind of experience life before. And this is a sentiment we've said many times on this podcast, where experience, where interactions, where growing your perspective is extremely valuable to kind of establish what you want to do or who you want to be moving forward. With that said, when it comes to the specialties, I think I'm pretty much all for uh, you know, specialties, you go to college and, you know, do, s- I have a question with that said, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pin this and ask you a question here, Paul. So in my opinion, I feel like there's an over-exaggeration for you need, for people need to, needing to do certain types of precedent before diving into like very advanced knowledge. I think people can actually do that at a pretty young age, but for some reason we um we kind of put on our idea that they have to do like X, Y, and Z before they even get there. So what is your opinion for people not even needing under undergraduate degrees to go into these specialties like a lawyer, like a doctor? Um what other is there any other important graduate schools? Yeah, so I think that um, undergrads can serve a lot of purpose for people to actually see if they can make it in the first place. Um, the, the sad thing is that the cost associated with it basically makes it uh, pretty much unbearable for those who just want to try out, right? Uh, the reason why a lot of companies kind of hire people uh, first with a college degree and then like with your accreditation or with your accreditation first and then college degree after is because a college degree kind of serves as a means of saying, Hey, look, you know, I have the ability to actually surmount a lot of these things like a very arduous path in public education. That being said, um, there are plenty of people that cannot go to school and still make it, right? It's just that I think that uh, school can actually adequately prepare you for it because it kind of offers an abundance of uh, experiences like that of uh, connections, like that of programs to visit other countries at usually a lower dollar than what you'd have to pay conventionally, right? Because you can like have different financiers come into the picture for the organization that you're a part of. So I kind of find it to be important in that regard. Granted, people, if they aren't so confident in their school ability, they should pursue something like a trade school or something like that, right? They should pursue something like a technical school. Um, but I still think that the bachelor still stands on its two feet. And I think that's a adequate thing, even if it's in the arts, I would even argue. So this is, this is such an interesting discussion because I've definitely heard the data and I'm, I'm for the data when it comes to say that, you know, achieving a high school diploma to a bachelor's to a graduate degree or the, the more, kind of levels that you achieve for yourself obviously the the income threshold of that that individual is higher to the ones below them obviously but i don't necessarily think that's in part due to the to the experience of the education system itself more so the individual being able to achieve that system 
just because of who they are. Stop right there. Yes, this is a little mini ad. Don't skip. Don't skip. All I want to tell you right now is that at the end of the day, when it comes down to all the discussions I want to have, I want to be able to communicate with you, the audience. I want to be able to relay a message and receive a message from everyone and try to come up with these great solutions that I keep on talking about. So if you want to be part of the community, make sure you go to the website and sign up for not only the email list so you can get weekly emails from me for the podcast episode, informational sessions, all that great stuff, but also sign up to go on my Discord so you can be part of the discussions, debates on my live streams. So be sure to go to the website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com and go to the email list, sign up, and go to the Discord and join the server. Now back to the episode. I'm not sure. I, I agree that there's things that undergraduates uh, degrees can can provide for you. And I think you just mentioned it, especially since it can do it in a very affordable way in certain instances. Like, for example, when back when I was in college, like there are events they'll have in terms of networking where they'll bring in alumni or they'll just bring in other individuals, lawyers, uh, politicians, uh whoever that they want to bring in so you can meet them firsthand you won't get that experience unless you go to college or unless you sign up for a networking event um you know you just have to do your own research to kind of get a hold of that and see if you can kind of make it for that situation or if it's a traveling to a different country in those situations you probably will never do that on your own but because college could probably whatever class it may be, you can do like a class regarding uh, anthro anthro anthropology, anthropology, yeah, and then travel to a different country. So I definitely understand that sentiment, of course. But at the end of the day, as we said before, I still just don't think it kind of excuses the tens of thousand dollars of debt that people will go into if that is all they're gaining from it. So. With that said, if I kind of implemented a, a system, and this is more like idealistic, of course, but I, I feel like it should be a discussion that should be held in terms of how the education system currently works. If I implemented a system where we have the graduate school and law degree, if you want to get yours, would have to be three years. So let's say a fourth year, the first year of the fourth of the four years is to kind of get you embedded with the the program that is education law school and then kind of establish some basics and if you don't make it you don't make it regardless even if you go to undergraduate school and then go to law school i mean if you you still won't make it if you're not like that if you're not that guy you still won't make it so if we if we just have that system skip the middleman we'll save money in terms of undergrad degree and then you can go straight into graduate and i feel like an 18 year old would be more than capable if he's like that what what skills do you really think undergraduate degree can truly teach someone that prepares them for graduate school um, that they can't learn either by themselves or from, you know, either high school or middle school? So like research methodology is like a really great example of this, right? Uh, something that a lot of Americans don't just simply know how to do is how to actually conduct sufficient research on a subject matter, right? Uh, a lot of schools, for example, within political science, you have to use a program called SPSS that allows you to uh, catalog data and uh, format it to discover uh, trends in what you've uh, collected, right? Uh, for like sociology, uh, they'll like teach you how to actually engage in field studies 
and both first off an ethical manner. So it actually can hold up within a journal and then uh, second off. So it can actually produce something. Um, these are all areas in which it actually kind of informs the individual. Now, if we think for like medical people, of course, or engineers, it's kind of obvious and it speaks for itself, right? Like uh, they are learning um, some of the most bare bones engineering and then complex engineering later into their uh, undergrad years uh, to kind of like formulate that. Right. But uh, that's kind of where it stands to like kind of deliver this knowledge to these people. It kind of stands as this thing to get you ready for the big test that is something like a master's, that is something like a PhD where you actually, you know, produce something for the field. Hmm. I would say that I'm, in terms of law school, I think that, it, I mean, I feel like you could probably just learn those skills, um, even in potentially high school. I mean, the research skills, as you said, I mean, the law school is a little different, so I'm going to stay away from that because inherently there's nothing you need to do. You can get any degree in undergrad and go yeah. to law school. Like, yeah. it's just, do you have the, the technical skills, the, the, uh, uh, skills to like learn and research that is needed to be a lawyer and be on task and being able to kind of dive into all these material and that stuff you will learn just you know you'll either be able to do it or you won't be able to do it at a certain point um so i i think the medical one and the and the technical one a little bit more is a little bit more interesting but like i mean like you said um a trade school is a little bit different in, in general. So I wouldn't really consider that the same as like a undergrad situation. So sure. it's more, yeah. mostly it's just a medical situation, medical school. And to be fair, I don't know that as inherently um, uh, in terms of what you actually retain from undergrad when it translates to whatever medical situation you go in. Medical school is definitely probably one of the more intricate fields to go into when it comes to schooling. So I do think there's a valid argument there at the very least. But with that said, I would say that uh, a lot of the things that people learn in terms of college can be argued kind of inefficient, worthless. People say it all the time where they graduate college and, you know, don't do anything with their degree. And when people make that statement and, you know, a lot of people are making this kind of trendy with the evolution of social media and being an entrepreneur, <laughs> is college losing its value? Are people going to tell their kids to go to college moving forward as the generations go by? Well, you, you know, like you kind of brought up something before we get there um, where like people don't really get much from their degree. And I'm not like Jonathan here, but it really is a question of personal responsibility for some, um, at least for political science. This is something that I kind of recognized. I came out of school with a fundamentally changed way of seeing political institutions, right? My ideology didn't change, surprisingly, right? Like I've kind of been this way for quite some time. I'm very you know, blessed to not have been indoctrinated or whatever. But this understanding of political institutions has allowed me to actually do what I do in politics now, right? And it has applied there. The problem is, is that a lot of people kind of um, sometimes don't have that, that geist in them, that dog in them, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes 
for example, this is something I've observed. A lot of people will be in school and not have care for the subject matter because they're there because their parents have like made it out to be that is the only option that exists. And it distracts so much so from the subject matter that it leaves someone feeling disillusioned, right? When it can't be farther from the truth that the subject matter is actually informative in and of itself. Uh, one of the things, for example, that like I kind of like learned is Believe it or not, I learned that politics is about power through college, right? I never understood what that meant until I went to school. I never got a full bearing on why political institutions act the way they do and how electorates actually um, work with their electors. And uh, it really actually produced something extremely meaningful for me. And by the way, this is devoid of that experience that I actually had. Like uh, like with like people that I met there, I'm just simply talking about the curriculum in and of itself. And I'm I guess I might be in the minority because a lot of my peers sound the same way. A lot of my peers feel disillusioned. But I mean, if I I'll be honest with you, man, if I ask any of my peers, did you read the class material? A lot of them will say no, right? A lot of them kind of flagrantly pass through these classes because the teachers usually aren't that motivated and only hyperfixate on students that do have motivation. And these other students feel left out and they don't feel any uh, rigor to actually get out there and read the material. So I, I think that sometimes it's hard to say that it's like somewhat useless, right? I think that there's quite a lot to be gained more than just what a professor would say where it's like, oh, you know, like, uh, it opens your eyes to certain things. No, like it, it can fundamentally change you so much in the way you see things that it can compel you to action. And that's the thing that I walked out of there with, as well as a bunch of peers that actually did pay attention. Now, that being said, um, what was the second end of the question? <laughs> well, no worries. Uh, the second part was uh, in regards to college and I even forgot, not gonna lie. But with, with that said, I, I, there's something you said that, that, interested me and I, I i need to expand a point uh that i said earlier but i want to expand it for a reason and that is in regards to the public education system being completely inefficient the the things that you're saying and i do think that when it comes to the college experience versus the high school experience it's more focused on a particular topic because obviously you're choosing a major and all your classes are going to be centered around said major. And obviously that should be somewhat important considering you're going to need to make money and that major is going to help you decide which job is going to uh, going to be the job that you make money with. Right. High school in general. I mean, I don't know about your experience, but high school for me was just like, OK, choose a class. Make sure it falls under this type of topic, uh, like uh, subject line, whether it's math, English you know, elective, whatever. So just a, a couple umbrella subjects, choose a class under that umbrella subject. If you're really good, maybe you go to the honors, AP, IB, whatever. In general, it's just a bunch of random classes that you're choosing within no inherent effect or impact on you. Maybe it will. Maybe the history class will inspire you. Maybe the health class will inspire you. Maybe PE will save you from a boring day of uh, schooling. You know, maybe that stuff will help, but this is kind of goes into my whole philosophy. If we reroute all of that to make it much more focused, and I believe, I don't know if I, you and John was here. 
um but maybe you were i don't really remember i feel like one of you guys brought up uh, australia as a perfect example with how they do their education system and how they kind of incentivize the young to kind of get focused on their learning material much much early in their stages and i feel like they're more than capable of doing that so with that said if you kind of reroute all of that uh more particular learning especially at a younger age the that kind of saves the resources and time and potentially tens of thousands of dollars of debt that you may go into college where you're basically, um, for the most part, going there just to learn certain skills or certain kind of gain perspective that you could have gained or learned back in high school, in my opinion. Unless it's something, like you said, I feel like you can only go so far in terms of high school, especially when we mentioned the medical situation, obviously, yeah. or like a trade school, obviously. Um, research, maybe. I, I, would, I would say maybe for some research purposes. Um, but with that said, sure, it's a little bit idealistic, but I would be pro and I would advocate to kind of reroute the public education system and make it much more centered to say that if I deem this as a better way to kind of learn these relatively basic skills and consume this knowledge you could have done at this age group, then if you kind of have that type of opinion that I could have gained this from this, or I could have gained this after high school, but not going to college, then I can see why you would say that college degree is useless, especially when you don't do anything related to your college degree overall. And now I remember with me rambling, I remember. So that's why the idea with, you know, social media growing, and I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment, but that's why people do or start buying into it with social media growing with individual entrepreneurs, content creators growing and the sentiment that anybody can be this you don't have to put thousands of dollars of debt, but you have to put on other things. But because of this kind of message where you can kind of do it this way and you don't have to go to college to learn useless skills and waste your time, I can see why that message is going to continue to grow and more people are going to adhere to it. And the next generation of parents that grew up on this, I can see a couple because I'm sure, I don't know about your parents, but my parents would never say, hey, be a content creator, but I can see the next generation saying it. So that's why conversations is going to be interesting now, generations down the line, in terms of the loss of value of college. So the question was basically, do you think college is losing its value? Um, I really don't think so, no. I think that um, it might be losing its value in the sense of more people are realizing that they're not meant for school. Uh, and that we're returning to kind of like a pre-Vietnam War understanding of college as it's not the only option that you have on the table, right? You can go to a trade, you can join the military, you can uh, go straight into the workforce if you like. These are options before you. But I don't think that this is happening in virtue of the way college is set up. I think it's just happening in virtue of kind of like the natural uh, way of things in which people just kind of recognize that they're not really meant for school, right? Like this is just not the thing that they're good at. And for them not to really get much out of it is just like a kind of like a failed investment either on their part or in some cases I'll say the school's parts. Like for example, if you go to a bad school that doesn't really like uh, help you out that much, then sure, right? Like that is on that school wholeheartedly. Right. I know people that went to um, like, for example, 
University of uh, North Florida, and they just can't shut the fuck up about how bad it is, right? Uh, some of them just like hate it with all their heart. Uh, whereas if I talk to people that went to Florida State University, they'll just like talk your ear off about, dude, this is like the, the real deal. I'm getting like genuine shit out of this. I met with an ambassador of Kenya yesterday, right? So like, you know, it kind of pales in comparison there. But generally speaking, I think college's worth is still the same. I just think that people are recognizing that they themselves aren't adequate enough for it, or they just know their own self-worth and they know that there's better places for them, right? Remember, before Vietnam, we had many, many Americans that would simply just go straight into the workforce, join a trade, become a member of a union, and make a pretty good middle-class life through that and remain relatively happy. Now, what's the number one thing they tell you in high school? I'm sure you remember, bro, right? Hey, we got to get these scholarships done, right? We got to get all the stuff. Uh, did you ever have AVID at your school by any chance? Was that like a thing at your school? AVID? Um... AVID, Advanced Via Individual Determination? No, I didn't have that. Yeah, so like Avid was a program in Florida that like basically pushed students to get out there and just apply to as many colleges as possible. And they never entertained other options until very recently, right? This is the consensus that has been set up, right? And it it hasn't demeaned college's worth. It's just demeaned people's ability or it's it, sorry, it's completely overemphasized uh, what some people's abilities are to actually get into academia, right? Because not everyone can do it. That's like my main problem with it. But I don't think school itself is losing its worth. No. Hmm. I, I I get where you're coming from. I 100% do uh, when, when you're saying uh, in regards to college and when you're saying in regards to people uh, just not being meant for school. I guess what I'm curious about, and obviously this probably could be a discussion for later if we, um, once we, you know, look into the data a little bit more, I'm curious about the, the percentage of people that are not that they're not fit for academia, but they lose passion for academia. And I, yeah. I think that, I think that's such a key part. And, um, in terms of, you know, learning or in terms of going to school is do you actually even care about what you're learning? And I, like I said earlier, I don't think it helps when you're just have a scattered number of subjects that you have to learn about that play no factor into anything you're going to do for the rest of your lives, i.e., like I said before, AP calculus, i.e., maybe AP English, right? So the ability to kind of figure out your passion earlier i believe will be able to kind of create a larger pool of individuals that will be more than willing to continue the said passion to the next level whether that's undergraduate trade or graduate school or even entrepreneurship or at the end of the day once if you learn if you go into the passion that you were like potentially passionate about. You go into the route, it's like, okay, I'm a math guy. I'm gonna go do the math things. You go get more and more advanced in math and you start to realize, man, I mean, I like math, but like I hate school more than I like math. Then obviously, if that the most passionate thing that you're going to be passionate about is something that you still don't wanna do because of the, the whole kind of aspect of school itself, then immediately, 
immediately you will know that you're not meant for school you're not meant to continue this type of education i don't think you will regain a passion by going to more education you may regain the passion after experiencing life more and then kind of centering your values but i think in general that if based on what you're saying in terms of the the school system i with that said based on what i said i do think the school system is failing and it's not really i think it's the system especially since uh this school system has been here for for quite a long time i feel like once you know there's going to be new technologies and new ideas implemented and this the new technology and the new ideas right now is obviously social media and obviously the potential um idea that anybody could be a content creator right or wrong these new ideas and this new technology start putting a microscope under college and its value and with something like you know the student debt relief program which you know so many people were in support of and i feel i think it was like 55 percent people were in support of this and you know regardless of what you think the the idea is that hey man I, you know if you're making college better for me maybe, maybe i'll stick with it and that getting thrown out the door i don't even know if joe biden's going to be able to kind of try again and get this passed through i don't know which law or which act he's going to be able to enforce such a ruling unless he kind of reroutes the education system entirely which i'll be all for depending on how he does it but i'm very curious to see what happens moving forward and um, and it's going to be paul it's not going to be your generation it's going to be the next generation and the sure. generation after that that's going to have the a microscope on education more and more and we're just going to have to see kind of where it goes from there well, I think the big solution, like I always say, for making general education better, like, for example, you bring up like uh, kind of like the ineptitude of high school education, and how it doesn't really amount to much. Right. I can I wholeheartedly agree. Right. Uh, but I think that's just a problem of financing. Right. I mean, let me ask you a question, Adele. How many of your teachers do you remember really cared in high school? Like maybe like off a of hand you right Three, like you, yeah maybe. exactly right same boat for me probably like five i think right uh, i mean this is kind of like what i told john in our first discussion right uh and he knows this like he has family that are teaching these people just don't get paid enough to care right uh, and a lot of them are in a position now where they just want to collect the pension right and they just want to like ride out the last few years and we could do better than that. And that comes through congressional financing for federal uh, school revampment, like uh, getting all that money back into our schools and fundamentally changing it. That being said, uh, throwing the conception of American University out the window, I don't think that will ever happen. Now, for the final question, uh, how can Biden continue to delay it's quite simple. He just like uh, makes new legislation and uh, just pins it out until it gets thrown out by the court <laughs> and then he just does it again and again. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'll tell you this, right? Like, um, I wholeheartedly condone it, right? Uh, I don't care how bad faith it is. I don't care about how kind of like it's scummy it will look. This is protecting millions of Americans. And that's all that matters to me. Their social welfare, their ability to live happy lives is the number one object of my itinerary. 
And no matter what it takes, even if it takes, uh, you know, pissing off the court so much that they have to like throw so much stuff into the fire and wasting its time, so be it. Right. This is something I find to be noble. So, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I feel you there. I feel you there. I think the, 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 the conversation of education, tuition, and its expenses um, is very similar to me to like hospitals, right? When it comes down to uh, healthcare, the healthcare conversation. And the, the question of, you know, pouring all this money creates these amazing top universities, i.e. these amazing surgeons and gives them amazing technology and resources. Is it worth, is it worth at the end of the day, kind of bringing down the, the cost to kind of bringing down our, the, the top of the top. And that, that's the big question. Um, but you know, before, or even in spite of us getting into that, that conversation, cause I, I do think it's a very deep one. My, in terms of, you know, the education system, we talked about how inefficient it is and it's in terms of teachers getting paid or maybe changing the curriculum, I'll more change the curriculum. I am also in favor of teachers getting paid, but both of these ideas are definitely things that we're just going to have to keep on pushing until someone just goes like, oh, yeah, fine, we'll do it, we'll do it. Or we're just going to send us to a kid to a private school that does it. So we'll, we'll see kind of what works. But in terms of what does exist for, for the curriculum and the education system and a kid who goes to school and obviously has to plan out, you know, and that inefficient high school education system. Now he has to go to college. Not sure what he wants to do. How do we make the the process for these individuals easier to transition to college potentially or any other scope of life? What do you think we should do? It simply comes through exposure and deliberate honesty of how these things actually work. What is the number one thing you were told about going to college when you first were going to like uh, get there, right? They told you two things. You know, the experience that you'll have with peers and the friends you'll make, the parties, whatever, right? And then the second one being cramming for exams, right? One of these things can happen for sure, right? And will happen to most students. The other is not always a constant and is, in my opinion, dishonest and is only used to incur more college admission. Right. To suppose that a student will get very like a unique social interactions through their college experience is a little bit bizarre. Now, opportunities is a whole nother conversation. Right. But that's not something that we're communicating to students. We should talk about opportunities that are, are available to students. But then we should also be deliberately honest with them and talk about how challenging the most important thing prerequisite classes are to students i'm like how many friends did you have in school that couldn't pass their basic math classes in college and like how to drop out do you know anybody that did it because i could tell you a bunch of names um no like i went to a private school so if they can't do that i don't know why they're at the school so okay yeah so like for example i knew six guys that couldn't get past their college algebra classes right and it left them in such a state of disillusionment right that they quit if these guys had known that this is something they had to do, they might've had second thoughts, right? Additionally, something else I'll say is maybe those classes should be degree dependent, right? Why does a political science major have to take a college algebra class, right? Why does a sociology, why does, the craziest part, okay? My cousin, music teacher now, he was a music major. This guy 
how to take a pre-calc class. For what? Right? It's not applicable. So if we want to talk about areas in which that can be fixed, there's one that can stand right ahead of you, right? But the honesty of the system is also something that needs to present itself because schools are just so deliberately dishonest about payment, about things like uh, quality of life on campus, and about uh, the overall uh, educational experience, right? And that, to me alone, is just so important for students to actually know if they can do it in the first place. I would rather have us scaring students from college, right? And telling them, this is the fail rate of economics one. This is the fail rate of economics two, right? Are you ready for this? I would rather have them do that than being put into abject poverty because of the loans they take out, right? It's kind of like hospitals, right? Like they, they like they, they just make you charge. They charge you for these massive expenditures without you even knowing the price. Similarly, it should be the same thing for pass rates. I was lucky enough to actually not have to take some classes because I was warned by professors that told me. But there's others where I just got washed. So yeah, that's all I got to say on that. It's interesting that you say that. And um, my knowledge is very surface level. So if anybody from uh, Japan wants to uh, inform me, feel free. But that's exactly what they kind of do, right? They scare the crap out of these students when it's test day saying, yo, you got to pass this test to get to the next level. And it's like a whole kind of culture thing. It's like, all right study time this is exam time it's exam period everything is going to be about this exam and what we're about to do to prepare ourselves and they or make sure that they're ready they're they're much more disciplined in that way and i do think you have you're on to something in regards to that to to really make it very realistic for people that there's a potentiality that you're going to fail that you're going to go to college you're not going to know what you're going to do you're going to go in debt immediately. Now, that first tuition, that first tuition, that first year, that's 20000 immediately in your bank account. Uh, so, and if you fail, oh, man. Oh, man, you just wasted a whole year immediately. Nothing. Nothing. You just, just didn't. So, in that situation, I very much agree. So, with that said, some an idea popped into my mind. And... There's always we always have to look at at a, at a different lens when it comes to these you know solutions or circumstances is like the other side and will they do it? Obviously, certain institutions have an incentive for these students to take X, Y, and Z class, take their money for that class. Whether or not I feel like at this point, a lot of these institutions know that they're just wasting people's time. But you know, the, we're gonna we're gonna make a little bit extra side dollars with you taking this class, though. We're gonna say. You know, this is a prerequisite for you to be a more well-established citizen in America. Pre-calculus, that's yeah. going to be so valuable when you go it's out. It's so valuable. So they know, obviously. But I think at the very least, um, I think something that could be argued is the idea of some type of kind of preliminary test. And I hate tests, but I feel like... Even though I think school shouldn't be all about exams and tests, I feel like at the very least, an important time where a test should be valuable is when it's time to go to the next level. Everything you accumulated from what who you are and what you've done, it's time to see if you're ready for the next level. 
And that's the most, I feel like that at that point, once you see that I failed right in front of you, I think that's the biggest reason, uh, that's the biggest way for people to realize that maybe this is not for me. Maybe, maybe this is not the right path. Um, that incentivization to kind of fail or put a big test to kind of improve, uh, I for me, I mean, when it comes to applying for undergrad, when it, which is crazy because in graduate, you have to pay, take a big test, right? You have to yeah. take the LSAT, you have to take a GRE, you have to take whatever the medical test, you have to take a huge test to get to the next level. When it comes to undergraduate school, for me at least, I mean, I just filled out an application, got some letters of recommendation, and did I write a paper? I don't even remember if I wrote a paper. I might have wrote a paper, and and that was it. Unless you're kind of make doing scholarships, which is you know a couple more papers, but there was no, there was really no kind of like checkpoint going like, are you ready for the next round? So should we have? to kind of get into undergraduate school um well we do right like we have like the act and the sat uh like these are like areas that like act as filters don't they they i mean it's like it's aptitude yeah it's an aptitude thing so it's not necessarily kind of testing you for a specific area it's really trying it's, I feel like, I mean, I, I see what you're saying with the SAT and ACT. I mean, I, I that thing was so nonchalant, I didn't even really think about it. I didn't study for it. I just did it and then went to school. So it's like, even in those situations, there's really no, like you said, there's no scare to do the SAT or ACT. Well, so there, kind of when I was talking about the scare, I'm not talking about the testing. What I'm talking so, more so about is the actual college experience through education and social life, right? That's the thing that needs to incorporate more of a fear factor with it that can inform students of like, for example, odds of getting through. Um, Things like uh, pass rates should be mandatory for all classes, right? To be displayed so students know what they're getting into. These are the things I'm kind of talking about so students can weigh these things. I think that currently the SAT and ACT system is actually quite good for determining if a student should get into college. Um, I feel yeah. like the only reason why I don't necessarily agree, I feel like it's a good count to kind of see if people qualify for a good college. But I think regardless of what you get at SAT or ACT, you'll be able to get into a college. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, that I feel like that's a, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I guess my point is to kind of, combine the two is when i say the scare is to kind of see like you said if they're adept or to go into the college education kind of circumstance situation and i I think something that's a lot more to be fair they would have to kind of know what they want to do beforehand and like like we've already said high school doesn't really prepare you for that um so in in a circumstance when you go to college at the very least, I think what you could argue, and it won't put money technically out of the the institution's pockets, is a baseline test to see where you are at in the route you want to take. Because immediately when you're a freshman, you choose your major for the most part. There's some individuals that go uh, no major for like one or two years yeah. for some reason. 
Um, but for the most part, the majority of people choose a major. So that baseline test probably the problem maybe doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but it can kind of put you where you're at. And if you actually like absolutely fail it, I feel like that at that, that point okay. you kind of realize, hey, I yeah, have yeah. I have a happy medium. Okay. I it just like popped it into my head, bro. So what if we just compelled students to go to community college first? Mm, that was going to be actually another point in terms of yeah to community college because as you know right like i'm sure you know people that went to it it really kind of gives you an idea of if you can do it or not you know what i mean i can't believe i didn't think of this earlier but it's cheap it's like extremely cost effective and it's something that you can go into i think that it would be opportune to kind of go for legislation that limits teachers abilities to bring up other schools first before bringing up uh community college options i think that would be a good decision yeah yeah i was facts like i'm not even lying here ladies and gentlemen i was legit gonna ask you another question should we make community community college mandatory oh no um, yeah no <laughs> in, in the sense that um not mandatory as in like you have to go to community college after high school, but in the sense that it's like you said, incentivized more in schools and put in the forefront in, in students' faces that this is a legitimate route. And I feel like other schools do it better than like other high schools do it better than others. I feel like yeah. other high schools for sure go like, oh, yeah, go to community college for sure. Go yeah. to community college. And because at the end of the day, the biggest impact other than. If you have a family and they're diehard like Ohio State fans, they're probably going to Ohio State. Like it is what yeah. it is, right? But if you don't have a family that has like some type of kind of allegiance to a college, the biggest factor in choosing what you want to do after school is going to be the education system that you're going at in terms of the teachers, in terms of maybe a guidance counselor, or maybe there's a program. My school didn't have one, but Paul's apparently had one where yeah. it kind of helps you kind of get ready for college as well. So, yeah, I think – Kind of incentivizing that more, putting legislation. You said, I don't, so in your idea, how would the legislation kind of map out the incentivization of community college? Yeah, sure. Really quick, just to preface, uh, my power might go out. So do you want to wrap this up in like uh, 19 minutes, if that's up to you? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Okay, straight. So the legislation, I think, would be formatted in a way where it kind of would introduce itself to say two things. Number one, if we are going to have a student that is exceptionally educated and is someone that's like going out there and really getting the job done, is just like getting A's on everything. They're they're getting through AP courses or um, like dual enrollment, right? This is someone that we should prioritize for four year university immediately, right? This is someone that can skip that stone. If we have a student that is performing at an average or um, above average rate, we should encourage this student to go into community college. It should be of their own volition, of course, right? As I don't think that the, sc the school should be able to like force this on you, right? But that being said, the resources that are administered should be all uh, dependent upon uh, student scores. And students should have the ability to request access to either or. Right. They should just be able to say, hey, I want the uh, the resources for this. Right. But the ones that are initially presented without requests, 
should be based on the scoring, uh, like for example, the grades, SAT of that student. I think that's the best way to make the legislation work where it finances this endeavor and furthermore mandates that this is the way the schools actually act. I think that'd be like the best way. Um, yeah, I'm all for in favor of that type of idea, um, um, especially since you have a realistic measurement of gauging this, the uh, ability of said student, both a high achieving student versus someone that is uh, like more in the middle or even lower end spectrum, of course. So I think that's a good idea, because, especially considering back in when my, I don't know about you back when you were in high school, but back in when I was in high school. People kind of looked at community college as like pathetic. Like yeah, one hundred percent. It was classist, right? Like they they said yeah. that's where the the poor kids go, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's kind of crazy because a lot of people after they've like been to school, a lot of us go like, bro, go to community college. Like we're all. Why safe. didn't I do that? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of crazy. Um, is that? I mean, is that be, is that something that they want people to think? I mean, community college is a lot cheaper, of course. Or, you know, is that just a culture thing? Because probably pe people who go to community college in general is probably lower end in terms of income. Dude, it's like 100% a culture thing. Like, and it's like all revolved around class. Like, I'm sure you had a friend that like had a mom that was into um, school prestige, right? That like would always nonstop talk about it. Like, uh, especially those that were like in Greek life, for example, oh, uh, like actually, yeah, dude, like they just like never shut up about it. And it's real, right? Like these are like things that actively influence students. And it's seen as shameful to pursue an option that is cheaper. It, it, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy to me that the university system, which by the way, I, I think we can agree on this. The university system is very much so the institution that has planted these seeds into all these people's heads oh, yeah. in terms of like how they do this stuff. The university system has completely wooed people into just blowing their money away instead of actually looking into seeing if they, these students can do it in the first place. And on top of that, dude, community college professors are usually even more motivated than the professors at your schools, right? I, I, did your school have tenure by any chance? Do you know? Uh, my high school or college? Your college. Did it have tenure oh, yeah. for your professors? Yeah, for sure. It did? Okay. Yeah. I know people that have gone to non-tenure schools, bro, and it's like you're getting like an adjunct experience the entire time, and it's just an absolute nightmare. At a community college, you don't find this that much. If anything, you're actually in a land of significantly more opportunity. So to me, I just believe that that's something that should just be smashed directly because it is a cultural consideration. It is a cultural understanding. And it's something that needs to be like the, the, the light of truth needs to shine upon it as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I guess the last question for wrap things up, uh, which is also very interesting, and a lot of schools are moving in a in this type of direction, and that is, should college be free? Tuition, so mostly. <laughs> um. Oh, sweet Christ. Okay. 
Dude, I don't want to hit you with I don't know, bro. Like because like I I still talk to myself. I mean that's a real. I mean that's a realistic answer with these. With these yeah, but it's like I mean, <sighs> I'm gonna play it safe. I don't know. Yeah, like that. Let me at least like explain it. So on one hand, right? Before I reckon- you go into a little yeah. bit depth, let me add another layer just so you it. can have a, another option to go, go with it. Yeah, go for it. Community college, do you think should be free? Absolutely, one hundred percent, without a doubt, in my mind, should be something that is publicly funded with it, like like through and through. Uh, I think even Jonathan would agree with this. Like, this is something that should cut across the barrier because it's that thing that can just save these people money. All right. Uh, that being said, I am a little bit afraid of if it is free, it hurts the wages of the professors at these schools, and it can incur negatives like uh, at you and I's like uh, universities, right? That being said, however, uh, I still think that it's something that is 100% uh, an option that should be pursued. Yes, like this is like something that should be made free. For public, uh, for four-year university, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to have to think about it because just the substantial financial burden that the American taxpayer is going to have to have for that is quite incredible. And uh, to think about all the students that uh, might not make the best use of it and might still drop out on a taxpayer's dollar is pretty insane. Uh, I guess this might be a conservative opinion on my hand. But I guess like a good way to kind of like meet middle ground with my conservative friends is to say, if a student doesn't actually graduate, then they should have to foot some of the bill. I think that would be an interesting premise. What do you think? If if we lived in a free college society. Right. In, in a free college society, if they didn't, I mean, like it depends on the situation of course yeah sure um, like, if mom if, and dad die then we're not we're, we're not gonna like you know empty <laughs> yeah. your wallet right if yeah. it's on their own volition and they have no legitimate reason i think that should definitely be argued because you're wasting resources at that point. yeah all right so yeah i think i think that's very valid i think that's something can be argued i think something in the military is very similar to that type of a uh, notion as well um you know for the most part in terms of community college i wholeheartedly agree um ladies and gentlemen be willing to get taxed come on we care about our students yeah, um with that said in terms of college in general I-, I do think it's a legit discussion potentially um but it really just depends on the type of school that is getting free education um obviously graduate school will never truly be free but even those the questions for graduate school at the at this point is like should the tests be free right in, in those circumstances <laughs> yeah. right the lsat with the gres for example so you in this situation from the people the the for obviously the students they definitely would benefit but i guess you could i, th- I guess in terms of community college, at the end of the day, even if it's free, the only thing it can provide you is the the prerequisite courses. That's yes. the only thing it's there for. So I think you could actually argue for these lower end colleges, the ones that probably have little people probably just not going to their school, especially in comparison to all the, the popular schools in, the, in their country or in their state. Um, I'm sure you probably know a name of a college that probably 99% of the people won't know what the heck you're talking about. Does that even exist? Yeah. Like, I feel like these schools could benefit from being having free tuition for sure. 
Um, and especially, I mean, you would have to outweigh, okay, what they are getting versus what being free and then public taxes, obviously, and, and public funding. But in these situations where you have a kind of lower end college, but you can still get the the specific knowledge, this is not prerequisite, the specific knowledge you need for your whatever course you want to take, um, that's not. I mean, even if actually it's more like uh, leading up to a graduate, maybe you get the specific medical knowledge. It's very, very, very baseline. And obviously you're still going to have to take a test, but maybe you just really just didn't have the resources, but you know your intelligence, your capability. If you just had the opportunity, you can make it. I think there is a legitimate argument um, for at the very least, these very, very low end colleges, less popular ones to have yeah. free tuition. And it could actually be helpful for that. This could be the replacement for the affirmative action type of situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so instead of affirmative action, you go to a free college, do well, and go, you know, exceed. So I think there's a – I would be all for it um, if that was if that was the case, of course. I'm sure if we can agree on one thing for without a doubt is we just need to smash the prestigious university trope. Like just destroy it forever, dude. Like it's it's just gone way too far at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, once I went to college, I realized very quickly that all these prestigious universities, the only thing they have is networking. The only yeah, difference between 100%. this school and that school is networking. And that's literally it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's. Oh, man, I wish we could have touched upon. Now, that this is actually will be a conversation for a different day. For sure. NCAA and paying college athletes. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I could like talk your ear off all day. I've got a dip though because uh, the, the thunder and lightning is getting so bad. I'm not a surge protector right now. That's the all only right, issue. No worry. You're good. You're all, all right. good, bro. Hey, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on as always, man. Of course, of course. So with that said, that is all we got for today. Of course, um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. Feel free to go to the website to rate it five stars, of course, or go to Apple Podcasts to rate it five stars. Or if you want to go and join the different social media communities, you can. You can go to the website, donate, voice message, anything you want to do to support the brand. We're going to continue to grow. Um, I have some future ideas in terms of establishing more ways to be an advocate for the positions that we're eliciting here on the on the program because you know i don't i'm not i'm not going to be one of those individuals that's just saying these things i want to be one of those individuals that's doing something with these things obviously the more funding the more you know attention that we get on this podcast the more we're going to be able to do and kind of elicit these positions to kind of be in favor with um you know more people potentially help more people have these realistic solutions so it's more than just the talking point and the entertainment value of course so i hope you guys enjoyed you all have a good one take care and peace Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. I am glad you are here and I'm glad you are listening to today's podcast episode. My mission in each and every one of these episodes is to really focus on the solutions to some of the biggest questions and most controversial topics going on in our current society. I feel like most of these conversations are not truly being discussed in a more logical and respectful manner due to the political toxicity that goes on with both the left and the right, both the Democrats and the Republicans. In this podcast, I don't care about any of that. I am focused on the solutions. I'm focused on bridging gaps. 
If you want to join me on this journey, if you want to discuss some of the most important topics, if you are tired of the political toxicity and negativity from both sides, please support this channel, share the podcast, and go to my website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. I appreciate the support. I'll continue to make content and hopefully we can start bridging these gaps and focusing on real issues going on in our world.